Currently Tallahassee, a new podcast where we explore local grind and success stories from up-and-coming leaders that puts the future of Tallahassee first. Co-hosts Tarun Gupta and Chirag Shah are going to sit down with local leaders over a beer and provide listeners the insights to better prepare them for their own journey. What's up, Tally? Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, we'll be talking about real estate. Whether it's finding your first home or finding your first investment property, Miriam Nicholas of Armor Realty can help. So Miriam, can you please give the listeners a short little elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Well, I'm Miriam Nicholas. I am a realtor at Armor Realty here in Tallahassee. Um, Armor has been around for about 30 years, so we have lots of experience within our office. Um, I've been in real estate since 2007, and I have worked with First-time home buyers, investors, second, third, fourth, fifth-time home buyers, wow. um, help people buy and sell residential property. I do specialize in residential property. Hmm. Well, let's start with a general question. Uh, first of all, Miriam, welcome to Currently Tallahassee. Uh, so excited to have you here. Uh, I want to start off with a general question. Um, how did you get into real estate? Well, that's kind of an interesting question. So um, I was in higher education for 20 plus years, taught and um, worked at FSU for 10 of those years and worked at um, TCC. Although at TCC, I worked on a grant and worked with high school and college students. Um, Though when I started at TCC, I thought I was going to be there for about three years. 11 years later, I'm working on this grant, and I I was really tired of doing the grant thing. Um, and I was working half-time. My youngest was graduating from high school. So I started looking at what am I going to do next? So I have an undergraduate degree in child development and a master's in counseling. And so you start thinking about how do you blend those things? How do you take that to the next thing? And I came up with a lot of wonky ideas. And I finally said to my husband, what do you think about real estate? And he said, that's it. So that was one opinion. And then I went to my girlfriends and said, what do you all think about real estate? And they were all, that's perfect. And I really do believe I found my thing. You know, we're all looking for our thing. Real estate is my thing. I love helping families, working with people. And, you know, that's really what it's about. Huh. So in the beginning, when you became a real estate agent, like, was it hard? Because I know the commission structure of the job can make things really difficult. And um, I heard a rule of thumb for one of my buddies who's in commercial real estate. And he said that um, the rule of thumb is your salary doubles or you can expect your commissions to double every year which implies you're not making a ton of money at the very beginning. So how was that? How did you navigate that? And what advice do you have for people who are working commission-based jobs? So that's a great question. Um, First of all, for me personally, I was fortunate because my husband could carry me. Um, But I got into it with a nest egg, knowing that I I went into it thinking that I wasn't going to make anything that first year. Um, the thing about real estate, um, I don't know if it's, I think it's unique to real estate. You go to real estate school and that doesn't teach you how to sell real estate. Hmm. That teaches you how to stay out of prison. <laughs> very important. <laughs> right. Very important. Um, it, it really does. It teaches you the legalities of real estate. 
but you really learn how to work real estate by doing it. I was fortunate. Um, I've been at Armor since I started, and they have a fabulous education program. Um, you you truly learn the you know important things of the trade of how to to how to do it, like how to write a contract. Now that I've been in it for a while, you know, you get some contracts and you're like, wow. So um, I don't know if that answers your question or. Well, so what would you say or what advice do you have for people who are kind of struggling with the commission based structure? Well, one thing that if someone's thinking about getting into real estate, you know, go ahead and get your license. Good to have. Um, pay your fees to the state, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you may want to think about becoming an assistant to a seasoned mm, realtor um, because you're going to learn, again, how to sell real estate, how the industry works, all of those kinds of things. Um, and get your feet under you and then, you know, go out on your own and you'll already kind of have uh, basic knowledge of what you need to do. The other thing too is um, it's a real estate is a relationship business, mm-hmm. pure and simple. It is a relationship business. So it's not other people's responsibility to remember that you're a realtor. It's your responsibility as a realtor to keep yourself front of mind to them. And I think that's one of the most important things to realize if you're going into real estate. So on that note, so you mentioned uh, your education and you didn't actually pursue a degree in real estate. The degree that you did go after, how helpful was it? Extremely helpful. So you think about home economics, which is what child development really is. So um, you're learning about the family. So what do I work with? A lot of families. Um, and you're, I, I feel like I'm in touch with what is important to families. It doesn't hurt that I've had a family as well. But, um, and then and with a background in counseling, it certainly helps because you're working with all types of people. So when people say, oh, I'm going to go get into real estate. I love houses. I'm like, that's really nice. <laughs> How do you feel about people? <laughs> because it's the people side that really um, is going to help you through the ups and downs of real estate. And there are ups and downs. The market is up and down. It's not a steady way you know, that you go as you're going through your years in real estate. So let's say if I was someone that wanted to, let's say I wanted to quit doing marketing and go real estate. Uh, what is some paths or resources I should pursue uh, if I was in school or not in school? So the first thing I would advise you to do is to save a nest egg that you're going to plan to spend the first year. That's one. On that note, can you clarify what a nest egg is? So I would suggest that you save a minimum of $10,000. 
that you're going to put towards your business. And, you know, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a whole lot of money when you're talking about a business. That's the other misconception. So I hang my license at Armor, um, but I'm an independent contractor. It's my business, you know, so um, it's a it's a little bit different than other things that you would get into. Um, yeah, so that's I would I would have a minimum of ten thousand dollars set aside, and you should be okay your first year doing that. Even if you didn't sell anything, but I hope that's not what happens. Right. <laughs> what else would you invest in in terms of the classes that you take or the workshops you attend or professional development, things along those lines? So um, I can tell you what I did. So um, first, you have to join the Tallahassee Board of Realtors. Okay, so that's, you know a bit of money to do that. And then um, I, they sell a product called the Rep Pass where you get um, specific classes for free, which is the majority of classes that are offered by TBR. So in those classes is a contracts class, an addendums class, um, all the classes having to do with the programs that we use through MLS and Supra and all those kinds of things. So you can really learn those basics. The other thing is I would go out and I would interview brokers. Um, and remember, they have to accept you, but you have to accept them too. So be prepared, know what you need to ask. I probably was pretty naive when I went in and interviewed. I, I only interviewed two. I really pretty much knew I wanted to be at Armour. And the reason I went to Armour, well, I wasn't 21 years old or even 30 years old when I started. So I had some life experience under my belt and a very dear friend of mine knew the broker at the time. And she said, that's where you need to be. And there was somebody else that was a realtor in at armor. And I spoke with her for a little bit and, you know, it, and I walked in the front door and I knew that that was where I was going to fit, you know, so you need to fit there. And don't just let the money drive you. I believe that, I believe as long as you do the right thing, you really work to do the right thing, you do what's right for people, um, that it all comes back to you. And so if you're only in it to make the dollar, people are going to sense that from you. And I don't, typically that's not really going to be where the money is so um, on that note I remember we had a conversation about certifications and you uh, very valued and it's very important can you tell us a little bit about the different certifications that you have and sure. other real estate individuals should uh, go after okay so you get your license you're working in real estate um, whether you're here in Tallahassee with TBR or another board um, the first thing I did was to get my GRI. It's the Graduate Real Estate Institute. Um, and it is, well, it, the program has changed now. And it's like three weeks or more of training that you take. And you have to pass tests and that kind of thing. Um, and then once you have it, you have it. So 
I can't remember if it's GRI 1 or GRI 2, but one of those um, will take care of your post-licensing requirements um, for real estate. So after you get your license, then you have to take all these classes for post-licensing. And then after that, you need to get 14 hours of um, credits every year or every two years. So, um, so GRI would be the first one. The second one that I got was EPRO because I'm not 21 or 30. Um, and so EPRO is your technology um, um, certification. And it takes you through different avenues of things that you need to know in terms of just technology. I mean, when I started work, I didn't have a computer. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, a little bit different today. Um, then... You know, I don't even remember the order of things, but I'll talk about the certification that I think is the most advantageous to realtors. And that is the Certified um, Residential Specialist, CRS. So for C- to, re- to, to achieve your CRS, you have to have, and I don't know all the specifics, but you have to have a specific number of transact- closed transactions and specific number of hours of classes and some of those classes are specific classes that you have to take. So it'll take you more than three weeks to get that certification. When you're working with somebody and then every year you have to do two credits um, to keep your CRS. So it's not like you can get it and never take another class again. Um, so when, when, if you're out there looking for a grill tour and that realtor has their CRS, you know that they have sold homes. You know that they have had lots of education. So um, I feel like you're pretty safe um, in knowing that you're going to be taken care of. So I was just about to ask, like, as a consumer, how do I know if a realtor is any good? So, I mean, that license for sure, but are there any other really easy things I can look for? Um, the license, yeah, CRS, I'm telling you, there's only 4% of the, of realtors have their CRS. So we are, we are not the norm. Um, so talk to people. And so, okay, so here's where my age shows. I guess I can say that. I don't know if we want to do that. Anyway, so like, I'm not, I'm not techie. Right. And so I don't have a lot of online reviews and that kind of thing. My business is referral business. I mean, when I tell you, I mean, I rarely work with somebody who is a complete stranger off the Internet or something like that. So um, find out who your friend and ask them questions like, why did you like them? You know, so um, what did they do? Know what you need from that person and see if that's going to match with you. Interview realtors. So one of the things that I offer, and not all all realtors do this, I offer um, an orientation for buyers. You don't have to be a first-time buyer. It's very helpful for first-time buyers. I'll adjust it if you're a new investor and talk about that. A little bit, um, but our session will last about an hour and a half. 
Um, when you finish, you're going to know everything you need to know to purchase a home and everything that you're going to get from me. And if I don't deliver it, then call me, tell me that you're not getting what you need from me, you know? So um, it's all about communication, what have you. I work with a lot of millennials, you know, and they get a bad name. I personally love them. Um, (laughs) We're not all bad. (laughs) No. And the whole techie thing comes up a lot of times when you're talking, when realtors are talking. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really have a problem with all that, you know? So, um, and when I tell them, when I tell people, they don't have to be millennials, it's people, is that if I call you, it's typically important. You know, I mean, I'll text you, I'll do the text, I'll do the email and that kind of thing. But if I call you, then it means we need to talk. And that talk may mean I just need to catch up with you and I can't do it in, you know, a 10 word text (laughs) or a long email. Well, half of it's going to get lost, you know, in translation. So um, and it's been great. I've had great experiences. Well, so on the flip side, are there any red flags that people should look, look out for when they're trying to pick a realtor? If they don't answer their phone Come on. or if they don't call back within, I would say 12 hours, you know, depending on what time of the day that you call. Um, so I work very hard to always answer my phone and you'll see me sometimes say, I can't answer that now because I'm paying attention. I'm trying to pay attention to you. Right. So you, that's one of the things that people have to understand. If they're not answering their phone, it's not because I'm blowing you off. It's because I'm talking to another customer. Mm-hmm. So, but I will call you back. You know, I mean, I, I always call back. I always call back. And it's typically within 12 hours. If it's, if it's more than 12 hours, there's something wonky. And if I don't call back, it means something really weird happened. Uh-huh. You know, so, so if somebody doesn't call you back, yeah. I, I wouldn't go there. That's the nut number one. I want to kind of switch up the topic really quick. Uh, talk about Tallahassee market. Okay, uh, I can do that. Yeah. So when it comes to recognizing trends in the market, I feel like real estate agents are at the front lines. Uh, they see a lot of growth and decline. Uh, some areas that can turn into a swamp, into a bustling residential area in just a few years. So can you share with us and our listeners, is Tallahassee growing or declining? Well, that's that's a bigger question than just real estate. So I don't know that I can well, answer I'll, all of that, but I can talk about the market. Okay. Perfect. So I can tell you that between 18, um, 2018, 2019, that median prices went up 5% overall. I can tell you that the number of um, I think I'm telling you that. Yeah. The number of homes sold also went up about 5%. That's huge, y'all. You understand that, right? That's huge. Okay, so you have that. But then another piece of it is that our inventories have been extremely low for the last couple of years, which is why I believe you're seeing all the new construction going up. And it's still not enough, right? Um So then you talk about pricing. Okay, so 
what I'd like to do is say back to you, what do you think the median price for a home in 2019 was? I'm going to go 230. I'll say 325. Wow. So you're close. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, it was right at 240, just below yes. 240. Um, and so now, if you go and look <laughs> at new homes on the market, new builds, so, and let me put another layer on top of that. So when you look at what is selling, first of all, a caveat is that the Northeast is the largest segment of our, of our market, right? It's like a lot bigger than the other three quadrants, right? So it makes sense that the majority of the homes sell in the Northeast, right? So that is our most active um, and it's where a lot of people look for homes, but there are great homes in the other areas as well. Southwood kind of carries the Southeast, you know, so, um, and I would say that those sales are what boost that up a lot. Um, but new homes, when you're looking at the price of new homes, um, in the Northeast, you're looking in the three hundreds, Right. So you might get into the 200s if you go northwest or down here off of Appalachian Parkway. I think they're in like the high twos, right? Now, remember, the median price for a home is 240 Then you put another layer on top of that and look at salaries in Tallahassee. And I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the salaries in Tallahassee don't typically support homes in that higher price range. So then you look at the price range that are, are, are selling. Over 50% of the homes that are selling are under $250,000. Under $250, over 50% of the homes that sold in 2019 were priced $250,000 and below. But our new construction is above that. Okay. And I mean, and, and because new construction is expensive, because the infrastructure is expensive, there's a reason that that's the way it is, but it's a little bit concerning to me. I'm getting into the affordability part. Then when you go up to, I said, to 350, 80% of the homes sold in Tallahassee are $350,000 and below. Okay. So, See? Yeah. To me, where are we? So right now, when you look at homes and you look at the price per square foot and all that kind of thing, it's high. And we have a lack of inventory because all those people that own houses, if they sell their house, what are they going to have to do? Buy another one. So, you know, I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year in terms of real estate and on top of that, we are in an election year. And that always right. kind of sends things crazy, right? Because mm -hmm. nobody knows what's going to happen. Right. Right. So, but with all of that said, and this, this actually also goes out to all those people that are thinking about getting into real estate, there are certain things that can't stand in your way, okay? There's always people that need homes. And even when you're looking at the prices, 
Well, rental prices are also going up, yeah. right? So even with everything I've said, it's still better, in my opinion, to buy. You know, you're, you have an asset. Your monthly payment's probably less. You do have upkeep. But, you know, that goes with it, right? Um, but you can't let things like the market stop you. I got into real estate in 2007. Do you know what was yeah, happening? Was, 2007. Was so everything was dying and people would say, oh, my gosh, why did you do that now? And I said, because it was the right time for me. It was absolutely the right time for me. And I am so happy that I did it then and not a few years before when all you had to do was put a sign in the yard and have somebody that could fog a mirror. You know, I mean, I have to know real estate now because of what I have succeeded through. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, and the other thing, we have 1600 realtors in Tallahassee. Wow. We always say that again, 1600. And you can't let that stop you either because you're going to get in there. and You're going to be the best and set your goals. And as long as you do that and you don't let others, you know, I call it bake your cloud. <laughs> you know, you want to have that sunny, cloudy, you know, those beautiful clouds in the sky that make you smile, then you're going to be good. So, huh. there so you have I it. had no idea there were 1,600 agents. 1,600 realtors. Realtors. That, that means that they belong to the board. Now, they may not all yes. be active selling, but I would say of the 1,600, I would be safe to say that. 12 to 12 to 1300 I think last year sold something wow but that could have been one thing you know mm -hmm. so it just depends it's like everything right so it's like your top 20% that are really doing the right. majority of the selling and what have you right. and you have property managers you have you know there's appraisers that have their license and are members of the board and that kind of thing but you have 1600 members mm -hmm. So uh, I was going to ask you, um, how do you feel about investment properties? And well, I mean, I'm sure you're a little biased, <laughs> but do you think that it's a good investment? And at what stage in your life should you start? So if I knew then what I know now, I would own a minimum of 10 investment properties. Wow. Okay. And the reason I say that is because if you own 10, it's manageable. You can do it yourself. You can, and when, when you retire and you own them all outright, you're paying for, you're going to have your reserves for all your, you know, everything that needs to be done, like roof, HVAC, whatever. Um, you're going to save for taxes and your insurance and whatever other costs you have for that. And the rest of it is, guess what? Income. And so, I mean, I'm at the end of the baby, baby boomer time, right? And so, you know, we're eating up a lot of the Social Security. I don't know what's going to happen for the young folks. So I would want to be prepared. So I think having investment property is brilliant. I wish I had somebody that would have coached me when I was younger. So when I'm working with first time home buyers, what I suggest to them is buy your first place with the intention of never selling it. Okay. And that's the start of your investment properties. So think about what you're buying. 
think about what, you know, is it a place that people are going to want to live? Um, and in Tallahassee, there are places that are never going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. They're never going to go, go away. So buy smart and, you know, then start collecting investment properties. If you can find quads, yay, because then you have you have four under one under one roof. That's one roof that has to go on, not four roofs that have to go on. Um, so, yeah, I think investing in real estate is great. I'll talk about my brother. I won't name him. He's not here. But um, he started buying property when he was very young. He's a doctor. Um, but he will tell you that real estate was money. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. So my brother's also a doctor, yeah. and then he just got his first uh, investment property there here in go. town. So yeah, I mean, you can make a ton of money yeah. from that. And it's all mostly passive too, right? Like you don't need to do a yeah. ton of work. So now here's the other side of me is that I believe to be a good landlord, you must keep your place up. Hmm. I would not be, because then in the end you're selling something that somebody's going to want, not a piece of something that's completely run down and what have you, you know, so I believe in keeping them up. So, so I know we talked about this before, but I want to kind of get your thoughts on renting versus buying. There's that stigma for up and coming students, up and coming young professionals. Like, is it better for me to rent or buy? Can you share with your, your, your uh, perspective on that question? So um, I believe that that is a very individual question. Okay. So it really depends on where you are, what you're doing, what you think is going to happen in the next few years. Are you going to stay here? Are you going to leave here? Do you want to be a, do do you want to be an absentee landlord or owner? I mean, you don't even have to be, I mean, you may have a management company, but you're not living here. I mean, I had an experience um, somebody hired me to sell their um, townhome that they had been renting and they had a management company taking care of it. And I had to have everything that they had done redone because it was so bad, you know, and uh, it, it was really painful. And this seller, I've never met him face to face. We talked a lot, <laughs> but, um, and it, but it was hard. It was painful. It was painful for him because he thought everything was being ta- taken care of. So when you're not there, it's hard because you're not going to see it, you know, so you need to put your eyes on, on your asset, you know, and I mean, I only own one house because we, we bought it when our daughter was in school, but I sit down with my tenants before they move, move in and I very clearly say to them, this is our asset and we expect you to take care of it. So, you know, and if you take care of it, they'll take care of it. So. I don't know if that answers it or not. Yeah. Um, cool. So it seems like you work pretty hard. Uh, one thing I also want to touch on is work-life balance. And <laughs> I know, yeah, you laugh. What's that? The question for Miriam. I mean, the, the problem with real estate is that it's a very service-oriented industry. Right? I mean, talked about it's all relationships. So it can be really hard to turn off. Like you said, you always trying to make a point to answer your phone. So how have you navigated the work-life balance of being in real estate? What strategies have you used? What advice do you have? Do you ever turn off? (laughs) 
So the one time that I really absolutely positively turned off was when my husband and I took a three-week trip to Italy. And I turned it off. And I had other people answering my phone, taking care of my customers. Um, I lost a ton of money, you know. And But I took the trip knowing that that was what it was going to do. And it was well worth it. So you have to be willing to possibly lose money. Don't have to. I mean, for a weekend, you don't, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So work-life balance, I'm probably not the best at that. (laughs) Um, When you start, you need to find people that you trust, that you can hand things off to, that you can say, will you go and show these people a property for me? Um, When I started in real estate, there were three of us and we got along really good, really, really well. We could trust each other. We, it's really nice. And we never paid each other. We just did it for each other because, and, and it never got to the point where, Oh, I'm doing it more for you than you're doing it for me. Or at least nobody said that. Um, So that was, that's a great thing to do. When you get really busy, you can't do that anymore because you have too much. And so then you start paying people to do things or um, you can have a partnership. You know, there there are a lot of different ways. I am a pretty independent person. So um, one year I had an assistant for about six months and that was helpful but I really do know myself really well, and um, I really do like like what people in my office have said about me is Miriam likes it the way she likes it, and there is truth to that, you know. I own it. I will own that. Um, but you have to learn how to turn it off, and I'm much better at doing that now than I was in the beginning, and I don't think you can have a lot of work-life balance when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. It's like starting in business. You are in it. You're diving in. And I did. I don't know that I realized it when I got into it, um, but I get it. And now I know where my sweet spot is. I know what I want to do every year that I can manage and I can still go out of town with my husband. I'm very fortunate. I have a very supportive husband. We have a great relationship, you know, He's understanding and gets what I do. Um, But our life changed a lot. You know, like he cooks. (laughs) Shout out, Randy. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate, you know. And um, I had one year that I really, I had an unbelievably good year. And um, in terms of making money. And then I'll go back to making money is not what life is all about. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, that's an individual thing. And you have to figure out where your where your breaking point is Mm -hmm. and where you really want to be and be satisfied. You know, so and you decide, do I really need that shiny thing over there? Um, And I'm going to say that many times the answer is no. You don't need that shiny thing over there. So anyway, and you have to be careful in business. I don't care if it's real estate or whatever. There are 10 million people that want to take your money, mm-hmm. you know, and do things. You know, it might be doing this program or that. Pro- and I've done a ton of them. 
So, um, and it's taken me a while to really learn. So it'd be fun to go back and do it all over again and kind of organize things differently. So, but it's been great. It's a good ride. Nice. Well, before we wrap up this episode, uh, one question that I love asking all our guests, what does Tallahassee mean to you, Miriam? Home. It means home. There, there is so much to do. Um, I mean, I've raised two children here. I love the schools. I love all of our trails. I love the trees. I love the hills. I love that we don't have snow. <laughs> and yet we do kind of have seasons, you know? So um, I, I really, I, I feel like um, Tallahassee is a little bit more progressive than many other places. And I like that. So it's home. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Miriam, thanks so much for joining us. I think our listeners will learn a lot, especially about investment properties. Um, yeah, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're so welcome. Well, that's it for this week. We do encourage everyone to like us on Facebook, you know, make our relationship Facebook official. Please, please, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we are currently Tallahassee. Cheers. Cheers.